Hey there, I'm Jay from Art House, and today on Artists in Residence, I'll be speaking with Bianca Beers, a Sydney-based artist, designer, and creator, about her work and the stories behind it. Okay, Bianca, hello. Tell me about yourself. Give me a brief introduction about you and your work. I'm Bianca Beers. I am a digital artist from Western Sydney, and I've recently, probably the last nine to ten months, been exploring the NFT space. Um, I've made a few pieces and am loving it, and just excited to see where it all goes. Can you tell me a bit more about your art? I mean, you you're mostly a two D artist and creator and designer, right?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unlike a lot of NFT creators, I. Think, which is more geared towards 3D art at the moment. Anyways, I'm a 2D artist, and I I create stills and animations in the NFT space、um, from my digital、uh, 2D art. But I also do other real world stuff, you know, like、um, murals and customization and all that type of stuff. So art and design, I feel like they go hand in hand, and it can be used here and there, wherever you please, which is. What I really enjoy about it because it means every day is different and you're not doing the same thing throughout a week,、yeah. which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, could you walk us through your、uh, process a little bit? How do you decide what you want to work on, and you know what your subject is going to be on your, I guess, on on something that you're working on right now, even? So, two ways, I guess. I'm not much of a planner.、Um, it's more、mm-hmm. so when I feel like a spark of Oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna do, and then I kind of have to act on that immediately. Otherwise, the idea kind of gets lost. It's it's weird because even if I write the idea down, say two situations, if I got the spark of an idea and I started on it immediately, I can finish that piece in such a quick turnaround, and it's amazing, and it looks exactly how I imagined it. But if I have that idea and I might be out and about. Um, or I might be in bed, like in the middle of <laughs> waking up and trying to get back to sleep.、Um, if I have the idea and I even write it down on my notes, once I try to start later, whether it be the next day or whatever next week, the idea just can't come out. So I think for me, it's very impulsive, which is something I only really reflected on recently. And for me, I need to have that spark, that excitement, that aha, that's what I want to do.、Um, otherwise. There's no passion or enjoyment involved when I'm creating something. So my practice is very reliant on my emotions and my mood. So most of my work actually goes into <laughs> balancing my moods and、um, cultivating a balanced, happy mindset. To be honest. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So I guess on your moods, obviously the last two years have been very tough on a lot of us, you know,、yeah. all around the world with with the pandemic. I mean, the situation、yeah. has been so erratic for for all of us and unex, I mean, unpredictable, right? I mean, how? Yeah, definitely. Has that affected your work in any way? It definitely has. I've definitely been creating less art、um, the last year, especially. I've just been feeling less. 
um, inspired, I guess. And a lot of that reason is because to balance, I usually go for a nature walk or I go to the beach because for me, the, the water is really cleansing. And even if you're in a bad mood, you hop into the water and five minutes floating in the water, you feel brand new again. So those are the practices that I enjoy for balancing myself. And obviously, during lockdown, those haven't been possible. So to be honest, it has been really hard to stay inspired and motivated. Um, and I've done a lot more internal work during this time. I've been doing therapy and I've been seeing an energy healer and I've been doing a couple different types of meditations a day and journaling. So especially in this lockdown, I've been doing a lot of internal work and the art is a, is a product of that once I'm feeling good. So at first I was really hard on myself for not creating, like it's kind of like, okay, you said you wanted free time, the free time's here, so why aren't you drawing all the art you want to, to draw? Do you know what I mean? Uh, totally. But it's hard <laughs> when you're not feeling inspired. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've been working more on just balancing, and then that way in the future when something happens that I can't control, I can control my inner world and be able to get on with the day and feel inspired and driven without um, letting the outside factors influence my mentality, I guess. Yeah, so that's the silver lining, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's drive towards your artistic journey. I mean, do you remember uh, when you first got interested in art and you know creating artworks, mm -hmm. and how have you reached the point of doing and producing what you do today? Yeah. So I was always obsessed with art um, as a kid, creating, I should say. I wasn't obsessed with art. I was obsessed with creating. So drawing pictures, painting pictures, um, crafts and DIY stuff. I think it was partially hereditary because my mum's a wonderful artist, actually. Um, so part of it would be genetics and then part of it would be her seeing that in me and then cultivating it a bit. I was always drawing. I was obsessed. Um, my mom tells a story of, or was it my dad that tells the story? When I was three, three, uh, I was mm -hmm. sitting in the driveway drawing and um, my dad or my mom came up to me and asked what I was drawing. And I told them I was drawing the wind, which is really cool. Like, I love that for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was an observant <laughs> little thing. <laughs> and then as I got older, I was still drawing, still drawing, but somewhere along the way, and I think it was um, early teens to late teens that I kind of lost my um, confidence and I didn't want people seeing my art and I thought I was no good and all my dreams of working for Disney, which is what I originally wanted to do, flew out the door mm -hmm. and I just thought, I'm not good enough for that. I, I could never. So I kind of forgot about drawing for about 10 years. And then what actually kicked me on this journey, creating it and uh, making it a career, was my ex-partner, my boyfriend at the time, about um, six years ago. He found a, my notebook, which was at the bottom of my wardrobe because I wouldn't let anyone see my art. I was very private. And he, he opened it and saw all my artworks and was like, wow, these are amazing. Why don't you pursue this? And I, I told him, I was like, oh, man, everyone keeps telling me you can't make a career of art, you can't make a career of art, and it's just kind of deterred me. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I'm smart enough. And he, bless his soul, was like, no, go for it. Go study if you can just to get your confidence back. So here in Australia we have this thing called TAFE, and it's not the same as university. It's kind of like a college. Um, it's much cheaper mm -hmm. than university. And I just did a one-year course. It's an introduction to design. So they teach you digital drawing and life drawing and color theory. 
and all those different types of things and animation and stuff like that. And so I did that course and it was really good just to brush up on what all the different mediums, learning new skills and brush up on the stuff that I'd forgotten about drawing, especially drawing from life. And that was it. I did that one year and then that was enough for me. I created an ABN that the, the week I graduated from that course, I'm pretty sure I just hopped on, created a website, made an ABN, which is an Australian business number, and then um, bought a domain and linked up an email address to the domain. I was like, look, this is me now. I'll do this on the side. And so I started doing that on the side at the time I was working in retail. And then after two years, I think I was getting enough work where I could uh, do it full time. And that was mm-hmm. two years ago. So two years now I've been working full time. And I think that's all I have to say on the journey. <laughs> I'm still going. <laughs> I'm still finding my style and finding my inspirations and everything. It, it, it evolves as the years go by. Oh, that's amazing. I've been looking at uh, some of your artworks on TikTok and you know other social media channels here. And I just see so much this burst of color. It's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of emotions do you want the viewer to feel? You know, I mean, obviously it depends on the, you know, the piece of art, but, you know, is there like a core philosophy or core message that you want to deliver to, to the audience through your artwork? To be perfectly honest, I don't try to um, communicate a message. With most of my art, it is purely an expression of how I was feeling at the time. And I can only create when I'm happy, so... I'm hoping that the art comes off as happy and uplifting. Um, And for me, art doesn't necessarily have to have a deep, deep meaning. It can just be beauty for the sake of beauty. And it's enjoyable to create. And if it's enjoyable to look at and it uplifts your mood, then that's amazing. For me, I think colour is one of the most beautiful things in our world. And I think we take it for granted in this modern society because color is everywhere. My mug's bright yellow. I have a bunch of posters on my wall. They're green, they're blue, they're pink. You know what I mean? There's so many colors around me right now. So we kind of just get used to it. But if we take it back a couple hundred thousand years, the only things that were really colorful were flowers and I just try to put myself back in the mentality that I feel like back then we would have treasured nature so much more and a flower would have been really, really special because they're few and far between, but they're also like these little beacons of light and they're signaling bees, come to us, come to us, Um, and bright purples and bright reds and yellows. And these colors didn't exist anywhere else in nature Um, and they obviously didn't have posters and manufactured mugs and all the things I'm looking at right now. So for me, color is one of the biggest blessings that we have on this planet. And I just like to use color in a way that makes me feel good and hopefully makes others feel good as well. And then the subject, honestly, it could just be something that I saw and I feel I want to bring that to life. Not necessarily any meaning behind it, just an expression of how I feel and what I want to create. It's less like consumer focused and more just about me doing what I want, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I'm lucky enough. No, that's great. Has, has worked out to some degree. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that's great. I guess let's move on to the NFT, right? I mean, there's just so much hype about it. Everyone talks about it. I think few people understand it fully. What is your take on it? I mean, has this possibility liberated you in some way? I mean, mm-hmm. are you excited about it? Where Where do you think this is going to go in the future? 
So obviously I'm in NFT, so I obviously believe in it. I think it's exciting because it's basically art evolving alongside technology's evolution. So as everything else is becoming digital, so we we text, we FaceTime, we listen to podcasts, we listen to music on our phones as opposed to a live band, all these type of things. Um, As our life becomes more and more integrated with technology, I'm loving that there is space for art as well in this world Um, because I think sometimes art, well, I don't think, I know that art versus visual art versus music our society tends to value music more than it does visual art, which is a shame because I think they are both two types of creation and expression and they both have equal ability to make you feel something. But say, for example, um, which is something I've been observing and actually only became conscious of this year, I was asked to attend an exhibit um, and it was an exhibit where they were displaying a bunch of artist works from different walks of life. And then they had musicians playing live as well. And they enforced the idea to me when they were um, pitching it to me to get me to come on board. They were like, yes, this is actually about the art. It's not about the music, but the music's there to, you know, create a vibe and whatever. We want it to be really fun and different forms of um, creation and expression. I was like, oh, that's really sick. So what are the artists getting paid? Because I knew the musicians were getting paid because I had a few friends that were performing there. And they're like, oh, no, it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, an opportunity for the artists. And I'm thinking, okay, if this, the main point of this is to display the art, why is the supplementary entertainment getting paid and the actual focal point, like artists, aren't getting any type of compensation? And then right. when I started looking around, it's always the musicians getting paid and the artists not getting paid for their um, involvement in an event. It's kind of like, oh, you're, you know, exposure. Um, so that's something I've become aware of. And I don't know what the answer is because I understand that music goes hand in hand with alcohol and that goes hand in hand with having a good time. But, um, oh, God, I'm getting off track. <laughs> Back to NFTs. What I like <laughs> about okay. NFTs, yeah. <laughs> what I like about NFTs is, first of all, we get to display to a global market, which is amazing because if you're displaying in a physical gallery, you would only have um, access to the community that walks past that gallery or frequents that gallery. Whereas on the global market, there's so many possibilities. And secondly, the yeah, you pay a minting or a gas fee, but it's not as much as you would have to pay for rent in a gallery space. And thirdly, wow, for someone like me who's a digital artist, my type of work I don't really believe belongs in a gallery. I kind mm-hmm. of find that world a bit too, I don't know if I can say wanky, but it's a bit too wanky for me. And it draws a bit too much attention to you uh, in a way I don't know if it's to do with me being a result of like this age of technology and being behind the phone and not having to deal with things direct but I certainly find uh, displaying in a gallery a bit daunting whereas putting your art on an NFT platform does not feel scary at all and it's going to a wider audience and it's cheaper and there is such a great opportunity for making so much money um one of my friends who actually got me into the nft space all her pieces are selling for over thirty thousand forty thousand fifty thousand us dollars which is amazing because she is from the same Mm -hmm. area as me and she's from a low socioeconomic background so the possibilities are nuts people are paying millions of dollars for a blank blue square in the nft space 
Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited and I do think it's here to stay and I think it's going to only progress. Um, Right now there are concerns about environmental factors, the amount of energy that blockchain uses. Right, Uh, of course. I think technology evolves so quickly that I think that's only going to be an issue for the next maybe two or three years and then we're going to have a solution. And secondly, I don't think it's as much of a problem if as a creator you are being intentional with the pieces that you are putting on the blockchain. So you're selecting, you're being careful. Um, I know artists like myself in a whole year will probably put up 10 10 NFTs or less maybe. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are some people I don't necessarily agree with the collectibles because there are hundreds and sometimes thousands of them. And that just seems unnecessary. And I think it cheapens it. Um, I feel like it makes it less of an art space and more of a gimmick. But with time, I think the people that are creating just to make a quick buck will fall away. And the real artists who are creating work with intention and thought and time and care will still be here and be making work. And I think that they'll be getting the recognition they deserve, or hopefully anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. While you were speaking, it, it made me think a little bit about kind of how we consume art and, you know, how we find new artists and, yeah, the gallery mm-hmm. system and et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it really puts everything up to scrutiny and kind of question, right? I mean, it, it can kind of revolutionize mm-hmm. all, all the ways that we, we think about art. Uh, I guess the core question that I wanted to ask, as this mm-hmm. uh, art landscape changes uh, with NFT, how do you deal, uh, how do you adapt and how do you deal with how people respond to you? Okay. So firstly, I think it's important to note that no matter who you are or what you do, once you gain some sort of notoriety or attention, there's always going to be haters, like always. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and that's like, you can either pretend it's not there and ignore it, or you can find ways to manage your own inner world so that other people's criticism doesn't affect you, affect you as much. I think a certain Mm -hmm. amount of criticism is healthy, obviously, um, if it's constructive, but once it starts getting really aggressive and attacky, that's when you can start to get really upset and kind of second guess yourself and lose confidence. And personally, I've already dealt with this. Because obviously social media is a thing and I have an Instagram account with quite a few, like quite a large uh, following or community. And so I was receiving these type of comments about me and about my work. And honestly, if I'm being truthful, I spiraled. Um, This was last year. I got really self-critical and sad and I had to start going to therapy, actually. Um, It was pent up over a lot of different things that have happened in my life, but that just topped it off Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people deal with this fear or worry internally of not being good enough and not being of value. And that really got triggered by these comments I was getting. So I started therapy and I'm way better now, but I'm also working really hard every day to make sure that I'm balanced. And that's journaling, that's meditation, therapy as well. And I even have like a mood tracking app that I use um, and it helps me understand my mood swings and when, when they come and when they go, when I'm happiest. And um, I just, focus more on myself and try not to let other people's criticisms affect me negatively. Because at the end of the day, 
you've got to live with yourself. You don't even know who that person is. And they are most likely just salty because you have success and they've never bothered to do anything with their lives. Um, so I also try to, because honestly, when you think about it, people who are outrightly criticizing you for something that, especially when there's no merit there, that person is hurting, like hurt people, hurt people. And I just try to remember that and not take it. And if anything, just send the blessings. It's hard, but that's, yeah, that's why I work on my internal world. And I think obviously as you're reaching a bigger and bigger audience, it's bound to happen. It's going to happen. It happens for all the biggest celebrities, all the biggest creators. So it's going to happen to you as well. And you just got to know that that's a part of it. And if you have haters, it means you're doing something right. In my opinion, (laughs) unless the majority hate you, then you're probably doing something wrong. (laughs) Uh, Yes, yes. I guess uh, we're reaching the, you know, reaching towards the end of the interview. But um, are there things Mm -hmm. that you wanted to talk about that I didn't get to? I feel like we didn't talk enough about NFTs. I was talking a lot about mental health. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) it's important, for real. That's like, that's the groundwork. Yeah, so on the NFT, uh, I mean, are there any things that you wanted to add? I think I'm really thankful for NFTs because it's introduced me to the decentralized world. So I never Mm -hmm. would have, and it's also taught me to think about money in a completely different way. So for me, seeing someone purchase an artwork that a friend of mine has made, who was, she was making no money before that. And then she makes 50,000 US dollars off one piece. That really Mm -hmm. opened my eyes to how much wealth there is out there. And just like scrolling through the NFT space, there are people daily on Twitter talking about, I've got 10 Ethereum to spend today, send me your art. And it's just, 10 Ethereum, how much is that? That's like $50,000, isn't it? I don't right. know. I, yeah. I don't know what Ethereum's up to now. And so just seeing how common it is that these people just have the wealth to play with their money, and that has been really eye-opening. And I think a lot of people have this um, kind of relationship with money where they believe it's hard to attain and you've got to hold on to it really tightly once you have it. And it's not a healthy relationship. So I've been rewriting my relationship with money personally. And the NFT space has really helped that because I can see now how much wealth there is and how easy it can be to attain. I mean, I don't want to sound like um, this is not financial <laughs> advice, but it appears quite easy. And in my own experience, I've made so much money in such a short period of time through NFTs, which is beautiful. And the fact that with the blockchain, you can always trace it back to the creator and the creator gets a portion of each sale every time the artwork sells. Just, oh, it's just so liberating. And the whole experience in the NFT space for me has been really eye-opening. My relationship with money is completely different. Uh, my brain's always ticking on ways to make my money grow and work for me. Um, and I think it's also made me value my time a lot more, just knowing how easy it can be. I'm not working myself down to the bone and getting really, really stressed. And I'm really becoming more thoughtful with which clients I pick up when I do work with clients and um, what the terms of the agreement are and how much I'm getting paid. And so I think it's really helped me value myself more. And also the community is just really, really active and really supportive of one another, which is really cool as well. So I've made some seriously dope um, creative friends through the Twitter space, which I never had Twitter before I started creating NFTs. Um, so it's just been really beautiful. And I've brought these people on to other projects outside the NFT space. And 
I'm currently uh, working on a, an exhibit that I'm curating uh, for an, a new NFT platform. And it's just really great to get to invite friends that aren't from the NFT space into the the world and introduce them to this freedom, but also get to include other creators that I met in the NFT space and work together and support each other. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I don't know if I, the, the details aren't solidified yet, but I am curating an NFT exhibit um, in a couple months. It'll go live. So that's as much as I can say right now. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Maybe one last question. I mean, what? Uh... Oh, I'd love to talk about I'd love to talk about, if possible, I did a series, an NFT series I'm super, super proud of. This is actually a project where I actually put some thought into it. It wasn't just what I feel like. It was actually made with intention. So my favorite project that I've created in the NFT space is my series titled Gods of Growth, which is available. Um, I split it over two separate platforms. So uh, the first half of the series is on BNB and the second half of the series is on a new NFT platform called Humble and they work on the Ethereum blockchain. And the series is called Gods of Growth. It is a seven part animated series and each separate artwork represents one of the chakras. So the root chakra, the sacral chakra, um, the heart chakra, on and on and on. And I put a lot of intention and planning into this series, which I was really, really proud of because, as I mentioned earlier, when I'm creating, normally I just draw what I feel at the time. But this series, I planned it out. I knew what I wanted. It took a lot of work, too, because I researched different esoteric viewpoints and religions and practices to bring it all together. So each artwork is a representation of a certain chakra and I've, I made it to help people meditate and manifest from that chakra energy. So for example, the root chakra is all about physicality and the physical world and security. So the, the root chakra artwork I created is called wealth. And in the artwork, I use the color red, which is associated with the root chakra. I also have hidden within the image, the chakra symbol in Sanskrit and the name in Sanskrit. And I have also included other elements that increase abundance. So I researched the different types of stones and crystals. I don't know if you're into crystals, but I am, that uh, are meant to manifest certain things. So for example, rose quartz is great for love. And diamonds are great for success and et cetera, et cetera. Emeralds mm-hmm. are also great for love. And that's what I used in the series, an emerald for the for the heart chakra. But um, different stones as well as I created a rainfall simulation and I also recorded a rainfall track because rain and any free-flowing natural water is meant to amplify your abundance and your frequency. Um, and I also included the the sound frequencies, they're called uh, solfeggio mm-hmm. frequencies that are associated with each of the chakras. So in the audio track, the frequency that aligns with that chakra is playing alongside the OM and rainfall to amplify your vibration and align it to that chakra. So a lot of work went into it. And I learned how to animate for this series. I had never known how to animate before. I only knew how to make GIFs, which are more clunky. Um, so I put right. a, lot, a lot of work into it. And it's something I really believe in. I do energy work. I meditate constantly. So for me, I wanted to create a series that was important and special to me and could give a gift to others. So yeah, I'm really proud of it. And that's my favorite project that I've done probably to date in the NFT space or not. And half of it is still available on Humble. So feel free to get on there. 